For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The sport is just going to die if they don't break the designated hitter to the National League. We got fresh frozen <laughs> strawberry margaritas, and Terry's bringing us chips and salsa all night long. Nick's hips do not lie. Yeah, I got a MF wagon. Like, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> the Washington Nationals are the world champions. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat. You can find them wherever your podcasts are downloaded or sold. With me, as always, is Ray Knight. Uh, Johnny, I think this is going to be a great episode. I do. They're going to talk baseball, Johnny. And the baseball is the reason they talk and what they talk about. I think that's important to talk about baseball. And if you're a baseball podcast, you're going to end up talking lots of baseball. Well, that's awesome. Thank you very much, Johnny and Ray. Bob Carpenter with you here. And now, let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Half Street High Heat. Thank you for joining us, as always. I'm Amanda. You can follow me on Twitter at awhite7877. I am joined, as always, by my contumacious co-hosts, Nick and Ryan. You can follow them on Twitter as well, which you should already be doing. Uh, you can get Ryan at DC Natchak and Nick at Half Shack Cap. You should follow our digital media coordinator, OPT, at One Pursuit Takes, our blog contributor, Monty, at M. Davis Taylor, and the show at Half Street High Heat. How you doing, fellas? I don't know what that word means, but if it means tired and fed up with everything, you are absolutely correct. Well, I might have to use that one for next week because I didn't know you were going to be in a mood this evening, so I didn't plan ahead <laughs> for that. <laughs> Listen. Life well, is just lifing right now. Well, let's start with our uh, how does your week go? It sounds like not great. <laughs> What's <No>. going on? <laughs> so, so I had some fish, uh, you know, Passover. Uh, I had like a school of six. Five of them have died. So oh. it, it's no longer a school. It's just my, <laughs> my one. You it's know, just detention. Yeah, it's just detention. <laughs> well, no, I, I've actually named him Sebastian because he's now homeschooled. Get it? Because he's the only one in the school. Oh, uh, I like it. Yeah, I see yeah, what you did there. Yeah, exactly. I'll tell my Sebastian. He'll be pleased to know that he's <laughs> he has a namesake in your yeah, fish tank. Yeah. <laughs> um, otherwise, the fish tank is still good. My angel <laughs> fish is he started gro- he started growing back his fins, so I know he's going to get to the point where he like grows back all of his like fins and uh, uh, whiskers and whatever. And I'm going to put him in my regular tank and he's going to die because they always die. Um, but that's not even the, the biggest news of the week. So Friday more, well, really Thursday night, like one of my dogs got really, really sick and like thrown up all night. So I was up all night with him. And then Friday, like I'm obviously working from home, but like, all throughout the morning, still get really sick. So I decided to take him to the vet 
and all the stuff they do x-rays and he has a blockage in his small intestine and, and they're like we need to do surgery and uh, i was like i mean he's a year and a half old so it's not like you know if it's sounds terrible but if it's like my 11 year old dog we're probably having a different conversation uh, knowing me no it's the same conversation but you, you get the point like but my thinking was he's still healthy it's just like he has something stuck so it's just you know just one of those things so obviously went forward with the surgery surgery was good and all that stuff um but then you know i, I finally get the call that he's okay <laughs> and then my my uh brain shifts to that next year it's like how much is this going to cost um, and whatnot and they say well depending on you know how long he needs to be kept and monitored and all this stuff anywhere between uh 4100 and 5300 dollars <gasps> oh my god uh, and i'm just like you know <laughs> so happy he's okay but like what the hell am i gonna do and to make matters worse so like last month we my fiance and i had agreed to cancel our pet insurance just because it was pretty expensive and like, oh, I mean, it's between the two of us or the two pets it, it's like 100 bucks a month which like yeah I'm, i mean not terrible but when you're living almost basically paycheck to paycheck like <clears throat> trying to cut expenses any way you can and like we we never meet our deductible because like so far we haven't had any problems so naturally i i canceled it last month but like on a whim you know just praying to god i log into nationwide just to view the policy, see if there's anything I can do, log in, boom, apparently the plan is still active. Really? So, oh, on your side. Nice. Yeah. So somehow, some way, the plan was still active, so we're covered on financially there, and my dog's okay right now. We brought him home yesterday, and, you know, he has a huge incision uh, up his tummy, so, you know. No, Did they know what happened moving. that made him sick? Like what? How they, he got a blockage? Uh, he just swallowed like part of a toy or something, and like, um, like apparently it wasn't, you know, like how there's toys that are like plastic but kind of like they fold and whatnot. But this uh -huh. one was like, you know, like a hard plastic. So I don't know what he got into, and, and obviously he couldn't pass it. Um, so quite emergency surgery, but he's okay. Oh, thank uh, but, goodness he's all right. What a horrible then, thing. To make matters worse, on my way home from the vet, not even, like, with him in my truck, it was me dropping him off at the vet. So, you know, I'm already, like, whatever, uh, unstable. Get home, screw in my tire. I have to spend $215 to get a new tire because it's not – I can't patch it. So I've had a week, right? So – <laughs> yeah, like the universe is really shitting on you this week. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> wow. Well, that's terrible. I'm sorry to hear all of that. Yeah, it's been a it's trip. just a lot of yeah. Well, it, the you can have one of those. Hopefully, there's nowhere to go but up. <laughs> Hopefully, next week won't be worse. Well, Ryan, did you have anything horrible and depressing happen to you this week, or how are you doing? Um, you know. I'm doing all right. Uh, His whole life, actually. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a rough patch the whole year. <laughs> no. Um, sorry, I just got distracted by TV. Um, grad school <laughs> sucks, especially when your classes are online and you have two semester-longer projects for case studies that are online. And one person in <laughs> my freaking group didn't know 
what school age children meant. <laughs> and I was like, what, what do you mean? And he was like, I'm confused. I thought we were looking at trauma from all ages, not school age, like not, sorry, in all places, not school. I was like, we are. I was like, we're focusing on trauma that happened when you're school age. I was like, that's the name of demographic, five to 12. And he was like, but I'm still confused by that. And I was like, I was losing my mind because he kept asking over and over. <laughs> and then like, we have like a Google doc for like our first assignment. I was going through there and he literally had like three questions about school age. And I'm like, how do you get to grad school? <laughs> I don't know what school age means. Like, I mean, the, the term is defined in the word. School the, aged. Like, the, the worst part is he has kids. His kids are school aged. <laughs> How do you buy clothes for them? Well, he like, didn't think you were talking about clothes that they need to wear at school. He was just, he was confused. He was, oh my God, I almost <laughs> lost my mind. I was like, I was like, am I like, am I losing my mind? Is this something I'm saying? Is what I'm doing, or is he just a moron? Well, the good thing is that you're always really like super stable and kind and compassionate when people say stupid things. So I'm sure it went really well for you. <laughs> no, I, we have Zoom meetings every week, so it'd be nice. Um, first of all, these people pick five thirty to six on the Friday. I'm not very happy with them already. I don't <laughs> want to have a weekly meeting on five thirty six on the Friday. I mean, it's not like I'm doing anything anyways because the world's ending right now. But still, come on. <laughs> It's the principle of the thing. It is. Um, but yeah, besides that, you know, things are good. Finn was sound asleep, and then once I started doing my setup over here, he was like, what's going on over there? So I gave him a box. Now he's just tearing it apart right now. So <laughs> that'll entertain him for a little bit. As one does when one is an insane kitten. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, my week has been kind of boring. I've just been working a lot. The most exciting thing that happened was that um, all of the – one of our fruit trees are almost – done pretty much with most things but the asian pear tree my favorite variety of asian pears that we have in my yard was ready and we harvested like 50 pounds of pears yesterday so i'm like trying to eat pears three meals a day my kids are like stop giving me pears i'm giving all my neighbors pears <laughs> so you know my life's pretty boring because the pears are the most exciting thing that happened this week but um yeah Shout working a lot pears. And I also have about 50,000 chili peppers sitting on my plants staring at me. Are they red hot? Some of them are red. Some of them are green. I've got yellow, orange. I have like, I have about 16 varieties of peppers growing in the yard. So I need to get out my big ass dehydrator and start peeling all those peppers. And then my whole house smells like nothing but chili peppers for days when I dehydrate them. But that's what I'm going to be doing this week. So my life is... My life is just so exciting. <laughs> That's pretty much it. I work and I harvest things in my garden and I take care of children. And I watch lousy baseball because that's all that my team plays. Although today looks like the uh, second game was pretty good. I just, we'll get into it, but like they, they, they had to do it. They, they just had to do it, didn't they? And they did, did it. It's the 1931. I almost started this episode by saying, welcome to the 1931 episode of Half Street High Heat. <laughs> because Nick was like, oh, God, we're going to have to talk about it. We're going to have to do it. Just, that's so dumb. So dumb. Yeah. It is so dumb. But they did have to do it. I, you know, it was, it was, it was destined to happen. I wouldn't mind if we went like 31 and 19 instead next year. It would be good, though. Probably not. Give that a try. 
<laughs> which we're thinking. Indeed. But before we get too far into that, Ryan, can you give us the uh, weekend review? Yes, we have one week left in the Major League Baseball season, and here's how things are standing. Josh Donaldson says MLB umpires have no accountability and they just don't care about the game. Um, he was ejected for dragging his foot over the plate after a home run. Today, a Red Sox fan delayed the Yankee Red Sox game by breaking into the stadium and climbing all over and on top of the green monster, confirming that one, he is Spider-Man, and then he persuaded, he continued to throw things onto the field, screaming things. Spectacular. Highly recommend finding the video. It's quite entertaining. The guy's missing like three teeth, but he's freaking Spider-Man. Um, Tigers manager Ron Gardenhire retires immediately due to increasing health concerns. Ron Gardenhire. Garden Hire had a Hall of Fame career, and we wish the best to him. Astros Justin Verlander to have Tommy John surgery. He's going to be out likely all of the 2021 season. So far, the Twins, A's, Rays, White Sox, and Yankees have clinched the playoff spot in the American League. Three spots remain. Dodgers and Padres are the only teams in the National League to clinch so far. To the NL East, in first place are the 31 and 22 Braves, whose offense is clicking with Freddie Freeman being the likely NL MVP. They went three and two this week, and their magic number for the division is five. In second place are the 28 and 25 Marlins, who lost two or three from the Red Sox, but rebounded against the Nats. They're trying to make the playoffs for the first time in a decade. All they have to do is go up to end the season against the Braves, and then against the Yankees. Brutal. In third place are the 27 and 26 Phillies. Uh, JT Real Muto is not cleared to catch yet, but he's allowed to hit. They took three of four against the Blue Jays. They finished the season with four against the Nats and three against the Rays. In fourth place are the 24 and 29 Mets. Steve Cohen has not decided yet if he's going to bring back Sandy Alderson. Mets spent $20 million for seven at-bats of Jed Lowry over two years. They wrap up their year with three against the Rays and then three against the Nats. In last place, again, are the 20 and 32 Nationals. They won the season series against the Rays somehow. Um, they are mathematically eliminated from the division. Their playoff elimination number is two, and an abysmal season comes to an end this week as they have four with Philly and three with the Mets. This has been your weekend review brought to you in part by your local neighborhood Chili's. Make sure you stop on by and get the Triple Dipper, my favorite appetizer anywhere. Three choices on the menu. Sorry, three choices from the appetizers for one great price. Absolutely delicious. This has been your weekend review. Yeah. Well, the Nats suck. <laughs> I love them so much, but God, it has been hard to watch. And it's funny, the one game they had like where they kicked some ass today, I didn't watch it all because I was at my brother's house. So there you go. I don't have it's, a uh, <laughs> No, I got a couple of them. I didn't watch either game today because it was a football and the final round, the U.S. Open. So I was like, I'm going to watch something I'm going to enjoy and not this horrible <laughs> team. Um, and it was splendid. And then the Nats won like 15 nothing in the second game. So I was like, oh, of course not. The one time I don't watch. Of course. They, they wouldn't want me to have any fun. Yeah, Did you have exactly. fun watching the uh, Washington football team game? Was that enjoyable um, for you? 
red zone is the greatest thing in the world, so I always have fun on Sundays. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see that. The football game was on at my brother's house for a while, and every time I glanced up, I was like, oh, hey, look, there's reality slapping us around. Last week was fun, though. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun to watch all of Redskins Twitter. I'm sorry, Washington football team Twitter get all in there, uh, feeling all high and mighty and talking trash to people. And I'm like, are you guys serious? They won one game. <laughs> Come on. They were so high in the defense, and then it came right back to reality when they went they up against get, a decent quarterback. Right. <laughs> Every year they talk about all the disrespect, like when people do their uh, like record predictions. Uh-huh. They're like, oh, sleeping on the Redskins. They go, they don't win more than five games any single year. Like, no. when they're talking about disrespect. Oh, man. Never change. Well, I, well no, actually, I please I change. Yeah, I wouldn't Please, mind please change. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But that game today was no bueno. No. Was, but, you know, they were never going to beat the Cardinals, so. I love, I love, I do love seeing though the delusional fans because it's the same people who are the delusional Nats fans who are also the delusional. But <laughs> I can't. Eh, Washington football team. I'm trying not to say the other word. Um, fans. It's the same people, and they're just as delusional. Yeah, plenty of delusional fans in Washington sports. Indeed, and lots of delusion to go around <laughs> from all of our teams. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Okay, let's do our Nats bat segment. So they're two and three this week, 20 and 32 overall. Good Lord. So let's start with Eaton to the 10-day DL. Has he had his last at-bat as a national? Hopefully. You know, like, he's he's been very – it's a very interesting tenure as a national. Like, this should be the end of him, especially considering the fact that he's he has a $10.5 million option. Um, they have six positions to fill with about $40 million to go. You don't spend 25% on Adam Eaton, so he should be cut free. Um, there's been a lot of good articles about it because everyone loves bringing up the whole trade about who won it. I hate Adam Eaton, probably the biggest Adam Eaton hater there is on Nats Twitter. Please stop talking about the trade. No one cares. It worked out for both teams. Like, if the Nats don't do that trade, the pitchers here, sorry, yeah, Lucas Giolito and all those guys, they suck. The only reason why they're good is because they went to a team where they could pitch every day through their struggles, and the Nats won the World Series about Both teams got what they wanted. Shut up about it. On that note, I hope Adam Eaton never plays a game again for the Washington Nationals. <laughs> That's all I got to say. <laughs> all right. Well, not to put too fine a point on it. What do you think, Nick? Uh, I mean – I think I said it last week. It just – I don't see them really being competitive for any of the top free agent options. I mean, I'm sure they'll test the waters as they typically do because they view themselves as contenders even still. So that probably means they'll check in on a Real Muto and uh, maybe a Marcelo Zuna uh, Springer for sure because, you know, if you decline Eaton's option, then uh, you need another outfielder, specifically right field. Um, but you know, when you miss out on top for agents, you obviously need to fill those positions still, right? You know, we don't have many in-house options. Like I can't stand to even fathom Michael A. Taylor in a starting position next year. Um, Stevenson is nothing more than a fourth outfielder at best. So you need to bring in someone and I can see them bringing in, Adam Eaton on a cheaper deal, like similar to what they did with Gomes that declined his, what, 
you know, $9 million option this year, brought him back for a two year, $8 million deal. It's going to be something like that. Um, That's what I'm predicting too. I think they're, I think he's going to come back, but not on that option. The narrative right now is, oh, Adam Eaton, you know, just was a uh, casualty of the shortened season. And that that's what his agent yeah that's what his agent's going to pitch to the Nats because you know as much as I don't like him either I I think he does like DC so I'm sure he wants to come back I I don't think he has any delusions that his option is going to be declined or accepted or whatever but um. I'm sure he wants to come back and his agent will say, you know, you don't judge him off the 60 game season, judge him off of 2019. Well, at that point, you're two years removed from it. And it's just, it's not good business, but all the, at the same time, like we're working within a confined um, operating area as far as our cap space goes. And like Ryan said, you have several positions to fill. So if you can knock out one um, primary position, even though, Eaton's below average right fielder in every regard. You can knock out one starting position with what, you know, $4 million a year. That That's pretty good uh, management. So I expect him to be back, but I don't want him to be back at all. All right. Let's the whole, do... Sorry, I got, I got one more thing to say about this. Um, Rizzo went on the junkies and like everything he said about Adam was in the past tense, which made me very happy. But like his entire mindset about it in his, like his agent's mindset is so funny because if he had a remotely close to a good year, they'd be talking about like, Oh, you know, like I still got it. Like I'm still a top player, but he sucks. He's like, well, don't look at that. Looking when I was good. And it bothers me because everything about this guy bothers me. Moving on. Moving on. Okay. Let's do it. Let's talk about the thing. 1931. This is the funniest thing to ever happen to this franchise. Like, you know, everyone hates the Nats Twitter account because all they do is talk about 1931. Like, it's some type of, like, personality trait. And, like, 1931 is always going to have a special meaning in the city, especially to this fan base. It was an incredible turnaround. But, like, the way that the Nats Twitter account just kept going at it just rubbed everyone the wrong way. And everyone hated so much. And now the team freaking sucks, and the circle is complete. It truly is a circle in life. And the Nats went 19-31, and and everyone in the baseball world just went wild at them, just trolling this team nonstop because now you can't come back from it because there's seven games left, and you stink. And it is hilarious. I enjoyed it very much. I hate it. (laughs) Yeah, I did not enjoy it at all. (laughs) I'm going to have to. The the problem was people were actively rooting for it. Like, well, I guess at this point it doesn't matter. You're making the right, playoffs anyway. Right. If you think if, it if, was cool, then you you know why the hell not? The for point it? was not to like go 19 and 31 again. It's embarrassing. It, it it's embarrassing. It's like like the Caps this year. Um, like when they went down 2-0 to the Islanders. Like the the joke was. Well, maybe they need to go down too well to, you know, win a playoff series or win the first round like they did in their cup run. But then, like, you quickly realize that it that's not what you want to do. It's just yeah. like, you know, you managed to pick yourself up out of that dig or, um, you know. That whole, about, yeah, yeah, there's that a whole, reason but, why they call it a spectacular turnaround because yeah. that sucks and you don't want to do it. <laughs> like, exactly. 
<laughs> yeah. It was just, I, I was waiting for it all day. I was that day when I was like, if they were going to lose that game, I was like, I know they're going to do it. I know they're going to lose the game. And I know that Nat's Twitter is going to go crazy and it's going to be all 19 and 31 tweets for the whole night. <laughs> and it was. Yeah. So now they're 20 and 30. So that's over and they suck. They're really bad. They're really bad. They're so bad. <laughs> And people keep going, oh, yeah, but you have to take into account the injuries. I'm like, oh yes, God. losing Strasburg is big, but it's not like everybody's injured or anything. It's No, the injuries blows my life. And, like, this fan base always looks for something to cling to the cope. And now, right now, they're doing is injuries. There are two impact players on the yeah. IL. Castro else, and Strauss, is it? Yes, yes. Okay, Rainey, he was great, overused. He got hurt with, what, 10 games left? Now Eaton's on the IL with eight games left. Eaton sucks, so that doesn't really do anything. But, like, everyone else on the IL was a journeyman or an impact player, and, like, it's not really doing anything, and it just blows my life. Just accept the reality of the season. They're not very good. Don't look yep. for excuses. Okay, well, that's a perfect segue into our next one, which is what went wrong. I'll tell you. <laughs> I bet you um, will. <laughs> do, you, do you mean to tell me that Ryan has a strong opinion about this? <laughs> no, because I'm always right, and it's just – it just always comes back to it. We try to say it in the off season, but you know, everyone's on the whole world series high. And like, I kind of feel bad because this fan base wanted like that victory lap so badly in every single aspect of the world. Just like, you know, like in the scene in infinity war where Thanos just breaks the moon and just throws it at Iron Man. <laughs> and it's like really rude. That was basically the universe to the Nats fans, just everything in the world throwing at them. Like, no, 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 we're not and, giving and you your And to the players who really should have gotten, like, even before COVID, like, all everybody <laughs> wanted to talk about was the stink Astros. Like, they got nothing. They got no, like, the adulation and the, the, the fun of the World Series hangover and the whole thing. They didn't get any of it. It sucks. No, like, I, like, I do feel bad, but this roster wasn't good. Like, this roster straight up just wasn't good. And then you look at the strength of it, the strength this team was supposed to be its starting rotation. Well, history suggests that when a team uses their starting pitchers heavily in October, the following year they're due for major regression. And we're seeing that. Um, well, Voth wasn't a part of it, but you know, he has a 7-2 ERA. He, he's gone past five innings once this season. Um, Sanchez has a 7-3-8 ERA. Corbin and Sanchez have two wins apiece. Uh, Excuse me. Max hasn't been Max. Like, that's supposed to be your strength. It's taking a step back. And then you look at the offensive side. You sign Estrubo Cabrera, Starlin Castro, Eric Thames to replace Anthony Redem. Castro got hurt. Um, Cabrera's been bad, 37 years old. He started to show some regression. Howie started to show some regression. Again, 36 years old. 34-year-old Eric Thames, awful. And then you look at your young guys, Victor Robles, Kind of lost at the plate right now. No idea what's up with him. Right now. Um, yeah, he always has been. Um, Luis Garcia, pleasant surprise. I think he's looked pretty good. I won't say anything negative about him. Carter Keeboom, he's been a little bit of a disaster. <laughs> he has not been good. We'll get to him in a little bit. And then you have Kurt Suzuki, who's played pretty decently lately. But overall, again, he took a step back. Your, your entire team is Trey Turner, Juan Soto. You knew that on Who paper. have been really not good the last couple of weeks. They had a real nice hot streak and then cooled off again. And yeah, I mean, like they, they were carrying the team, and now that they're not carrying the team, the team's not going anywhere. Exactly. Like, like, the team lacks depth. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Who would who would have thought that the oldest team in baseball with no depth whatsoever would struggle? That's who'd exactly have, what I was thought? about to say is what went wrong is for me a couple of things. One is the roster is too many older guys. And I know that like they won the World Series last year and it was, you know, a whole thing. They were the oldest team in baseball and they won and they earned it. But you have to expect that as guys start hitting 35, 36, 37, they're not going to be playing as well. And you can't be relying so much on those guys. And the other thing is the departure of Rendon. Like even had Thames been a lot better than he has been and had Castro not gotten hurt and Cabrera had played a little better, it still wouldn't have replaced Rendon. And I think everybody just, I don't know if overlooked is the right word, but didn't want to accept is maybe a better description what his departure meant, which was the having, having Rendon and Soto back-to-back in the lineup was absolutely killer. You can't replace that with a bunch of different guys. You know what I mean? You, you can't replace that one bat being in the place it was in the lineup. And that is a huge part of what went wrong. They didn't do enough to replace Anthony Rendon. They, they certainly, as far as Nansen's go, they certainly underestimated the uh, step down from Rendon to Kibum. And, like, you know, on the surface, that it's like how could anyone underestimate that because you're going from arguably a top ten player in baseball to a rookie. To Carter Kibum. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, like, yes. But I also think people – overestimated Carter Keeboom and because Carter Keeboom hasn't even been like good like he's just straight up he has not been good and that's our top prospect and like Luis Garcia just goes to show that you know Luis Garcia was still highly rated but he wasn't expected to be better than Carter Keeboom and not necessarily that he will be going forward Keeboom is still you know young and we there's all those comparisons to Javi Baez was one, like, that was, they had very similar numbers through their first, like, 40 games or however many Kibum has played. So it's not that he won't figure it out, but it just, like, it's almost insult to injury to see Luis Garcia come up when he's 19 years old and people think, oh, he's not even going to be close to ready. And, you know, he's playing really good baseball. He is. And, and Kibum, you know, was up to start the season, and then he gets sit, sent down. Uh, midway yeah. through the season. So but you know what else? Like, I think part of the part of the reason that the fan base here overrates both Robles and Kiboom is that they were treated as well. <laughs> that absolutely. But the fact that the organization treated them as untouchable, sacrosanct. You couldn't even talk about them in trades. And so, what would the fan base, especially the more casual fans, think? Like, well, these guys must be unbelievable. The team won't even consider trading for them, even when they're offered great pieces. You know, so I think there's some justification for the fan base to have expected more from those guys than what we're seeing. And maybe it, maybe refusing to accept that they're not going to be what we thought they were going to be, is it's hard. But especially when you know the kinds of trades that the team turned down. Can I give you my thoughts? Yeah. And, you know, he's... He deserving of his ex- extension. He is a smarter man than I am. Um, I think there is some weight to the idea that the Adam Eaton trade has scared Rizzo off from trading prospects. Uh, I think I think so too. Because, That's an interesting idea. You know, it people are going to say the Eaton 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 trade worked out, and you know, you can't really argue against that. Like, I mean, you can. I will, but. You know, we won the World Series, and that's what the ultimate goal of the trade was. 
but it, it just it's tough to look at the south side of Chicago and see Lucas Giolito out there every fifth day and wonder, you know, maybe if he slotted in the rotation and we didn't have Corbin, maybe we could have re-signed Bryce. Maybe we could have re-signed Rendon. And then you still have the big three in your rotation, but you also have one of those key guys in the lineup too, and maybe we're looking a little bit different, you know? And I just feel like you get that far down the rabbit hole with the what ifs, no, like, no, no, well, no. then maybe we could have done this or that. I know. And, and that's, that's just an example, but, you know, going forward past what year was that, 2015, when the Adam Treat, God, I cannot say his name. I just don't even want to think of him. Adam Eaton trade happened. Like, we obviously haven't had a trade like that. No, ever. that's true. So, I mean, and it's not for lack of opportunity, you know. Uh, there, there's plenty of opportunities. JT Real Muto comes to mind. Um, I, I thought there was one. Donaldson. Donaldson. Well, that was a free agency thing, not a trade. Yeah, well, yeah, there's. Uh, but point being, you know, people wanted. I guess Arenado's uh, another one, but people wanted Robles. They said no, which I, to an extent I, I kind of get. You know, people wanted Keebum. They said no, and, and whatnot. So I just wonder if like that trade has really just has Mike Rizzo shook that maybe he soured on the idea of he got slammed for that trade yeah even at the time of the trade that was that came two days after Mike Rizzo saying I don't want either Chris Sale or Andrew McCutcheon I'm getting both and he got neither of them and the Nats had a top five farm system at the time he depleted it for admin so like I definitely think that shook him yeah, it's a definitely an interesting point. I also think that what you'd said, I think it was you, Nick, who said earlier that like those guys wouldn't have become who they are probably here because we suck at developing pitchers. So I don't even look back at trades like that, and I don't care. Like They are what they are. It's It, it sucks to play that what-if game because you just have no idea. What if we kept Giolito and he never developed? What if he got hurt here? What if oh, I can guarantee you, know, you they, he wouldn't have developed here? Yeah, I mean, Rendon didn't want to be here anyway. You know, he's right. going to be gone no matter what. There's no like maybe we could have resigned Rendon. No, we couldn't because he didn't want to be here. Yeah, you can't plug and play. Obviously, like it's just that's not the way it works. The situations would be different. Um, obviously, if that trade never happened, but you know, it just goes to show now <clears throat> that you have these prospects that Amanda like you said were deemed untouchable and they're just underperforming even underperforming to the levels that just like scouts thought they would not even like critical fans like Ryan and myself like they're just straight up underperforming Victor uh, Victor Robles Carter Keeble I understand they're young they should be doing better straight up especially Robles he's been in the the league long enough now that he should be he should he should he was on the postseason roster in 2017 yeah. People forget that. He's been around a while. Yeah, he's young, but he's been around a while. He's not he's not he may be young, he's not inexperienced. So with Victor Robles, this one's tough. Um he's he was touted as a five star, sorry, a five tool prospect. He was touted as like the next future star. And only two of the tools are there, like we've talked about. Um he's played two hundred and thirty five games. His offensive numbers aren't exactly that good. Like, neither is his power, and that's supposed to be the thing. Um, and it, this is kind of also added to the fact that, like, what the Nats, you know, said he was going to be, what Mike Rizzo hyped him up for why he wasn't going to trade him. And I hate to say this because he's only 24 years old, but he's getting dangerously close to a bust status. 
Like Thank if you. he if he does not develop that offensive power or any type of just solid contact, like he can't even barrel up the ball. He is the lowest exit velocity and the lowest barrel rate in all of baseball. Like he just needs to develop that, <clears throat> and he hasn't. Like it's 235 games and he hasn't. And this is supposed to be a five-tool prospect, a potential superstar is whatever tell him as and he's only defensive which again it's fine for center field but when you have that labeled to you it adds to it and when it's not there there's that big old b word starts looming above you and i yeah, really it's funny, like if he that. had been if he had been not touted as going to be somebody who who was a five-tool player then you wouldn't maybe think of him as a bust because no because he's, you know, he's great just a guy who's got fine. great defense right yeah it's an interesting point i guess I feel like by the by the end of next season, when we have a normal length season again, like if, if we're still talking about the lowest exit velocity in baseball, I think that's a valid conversation. Fair point. I mean, I think it is now because he had the lowest exit velocity in baseball last year too. Oh, did he? I didn't look at his numbers he, for last year. Yeah, he did, and his barrels were just as low. Like he hasn't taken any step forward offensively, and last year – he saw a lot of off-speed. So I was like, all right, he just didn't adjust to that. This year, his off-speed percentage is way down, and they're just throwing him fastballs, and he can't touch them. So that's a little concerning. But It is a little concerning. I hesitate, again, to put as – I don't put as much stock just because this has been such a weird season, but you can't discount two seasons in a row of numbers like that, even, no. even if one of them is a weird short season. No, you can't. Okay. Um, so what are you guys actually looking forward to in the final week? Um, it being over. <laughs> that was going to be my answer, actually. I just, the end. I'm looking forward to the end. Like, this is miserable, and it's not fun to watch right now. I thought I would enjoy any baseball that we got this year, and I am still happy we have baseball to watch. I mean, it's nice to be able to flip it on, but it's almost always agonizing and infuriating. So. No, but in actuality, I'm looking forward to the end of the season. I mean, yes, to, for it to be over, but... I'm interested to see what Rizzo does now. He has a new contract. You know, he has that job security. He needs to do something, right? Like, he needs to – I wouldn't, you know, nothing's off the table except, you know, Juan Soto. And I mean that. Like, hell, if someone offers you the world for Trey Turner, you take that deal straight up. I'm not saying you ha you're shopping Trey Turner or anything like that, but I'm just saying nothing is off the table. I think trading Corbin – should honestly be a, a something you look into. You got to free up some, some money. You have too much invested in your, your starting rotation. You got what you wanted out of that rotation. You got a World Series. And if you want to go for, for one more year, that's fine. But in reality, what are you going to be able to put around, you know, your big three that supports your chances of winning World Series? So, I'm looking forward to, you know, the off season basically. I love off season. I, I love the moves. I love the waiver wire and all that stuff. Um, you know, it's very top heavy as far as the free agent class goes, but it doesn't rule out trades. You know, maybe the Rockies are more inclined to sell. Maybe Arenado's on the table. I don't know. But that's really what I'm looking forward to because if the Nats do something similar to this off season or just kind of stay in pat, I mean then, you know, I'm really not going to have any hope going into 2021. Yep. What do you got, Ryan? Sorry, I was taking a sip of water. Um, I was going to say it ending, but 
I, I, I want them to lose every game out because I want them to have like the best draft pick they possibly can. Um, but for a real answer, just continue seeing like these guys play for the last time as a gnat. Um, I feel like there's going to be a lot of change within this team. So getting to see the quote unquote, like this core being together one last time before they're all gone. And also just watching these young guys play, like it's a lot better watching young guys play and struggle than is watching a bunch of 34 and 35 year olds just be off at baseball. So slim play. Yeah, that's a good answer. I think um, mine is kind of a combination between the two of you guys. I really am interested to see what happens this offseason. I'm eager to see whose options get picked up and whose don't and who departs the team. And <clears throat> once those decisions are made, once we know who's not coming back, I'm really looking forward to finding out what it is they're going to do. Because if they do this, just stand pat and bring in a bunch of no-name, you know, mid-tier or less kind of players, it's going to be really hard to get excited for next season. I'm already still struggling with the fact that they didn't sell at the trade deadline. And now here we are not even going to make the playoffs when 16 teams are making the playoffs. And they didn't get rid of guys. Even if they couldn't have gotten much, they could have gotten something. So if they don't take advantage in the offseason and try to improve the team, it's, it's, it's going to be hard to find anything to look forward to for next year for me. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. Like, they're just there needs to be some sort form of hope because I just don't believe that this team, as is, is a contender. Just, I mean, nothing they did this year proves me wrong in that regard. And you know, like I said before, you got what you wanted signing Corbin, but now it's like you got to retool. We we've said that word a bunch. You got to retool in one way or another. If you want to go for it, fine, but go for it. Don't just do these like half-ass moves where you're just trying to supplement someone's production like really really go for it reinvent yourself and you know the, the term lightning in a bottle is a, a phrase for for a reason you catch lightning in a bottle because it happens so rare it doesn't stick around you know people like adam eaton in the world series or you know howie kendrick who's still decent but you know it's these guys these role players like Israel cabrera you know, they have solid seasons, but if they were really that good and that consistent, they would have been on actual teams, like, to begin with, you know, in, like, starter capacities in huge roles. Like, I mean, go back to the Red Sox, Steve Pierce, World Series MVP, Nathan Ian Valdi, like, it's a huge part. They gave them both big contracts, and they both suck now. Like, you got to know when to move on, and, you know, just like Nats fans, the Nats don't know when to move on. Well, it's hard to argue with that. Okay. Um, last one for Nat Spat. On pace to be the third worst season for a defending champion in baseball history. Yes. I would like to see them be the worst so that they can get the top draft pick. Yeah. <laughs> so they will be the third team in MLB history to win the World Series and finish in last place the following year. They would join the 98 Marlins, who are the worst. Um, Nats aren't really close to that one percentage. They were god-awful. And then the Red Sox from a couple years ago. First the worst, baby. Woo! So what? who's the worst in the NL now? Is it still the Pirates and then the Nats? I haven't looked at the yeah, standings. It's pirates. Yeah, it's Pirates. How, how many games apart are we from the Pirates? I shouldn't look. I think it's like um, two. Let me – hold on. I have it up. I literally just closed it. I, I, um, I've been messing with my widgets. The Nats are five and a half back from – the Pirates. The Pirates are four games ahead of anyone, so 
They're 15 and 38. They have the, the one lock. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, that's Impressing not that's <laughs> not great, Bob. Not great. Not great. This is a fun thing. Okay, how about the five most random things you miss about being at a baseball game? There's so many things that, like, just being at a baseball game is so different than watching on TV. Like, there's so many random smells and everything that just, like, mm -hmm. bring back so many memories. Um, so we can just do this, like, one at a time. Everyone just says their thing, or you can just throw out all of them at once. Completely up to you. Let's so go around Robin. All right, so... Amanda, get us started. Um, the sounds of the the ball hitting hitting the mitt, the sounds, uh, the sound of the baseball getting barreled up. It's that that for me. Like I being in my seats at Nets Park is just my happy place. I love it so much. But this the sounds of baseball. Even when I hear them on the radio for the you know only ones that are only on the radio for spring training games, when you hear the umpire calling balls and strikes, and just all of it, the the, the sounds of it are something I really, really miss. I was going to say that one first. I'm a little upset you did. <laughs> um, so this one's really, really weird, but this is for like every single sporting event I go to. I love walking through the tunnel and like the first view you see of like the park when you come oh, out. That's a good one. You absolutely love asshole. <laughs> that is my favorite thing ever. I've been to Nats Park a million times but every single like i've been to sporting events ever since i was a little kid but every single time i walk through the first look at the scoreboard and field from my seats it's just like such a like a nostalgic oh, yeah, feeling a like when i was a kid yep <laughs> it is it's that's fantastic one because that is just such a feeling i always come in the center field gate and then i always walk you walk right up and even if my seats aren't right there or even if i'm walking one side or the other i always walk straight ahead just to get a glimpse at the field you know, mine was, you know, walking through the center field gate in Nats Park, like, and then getting that first view uh, of the field. But, you know, I'll just go. Um. We're supposed to have five, so you can make another one. Um, no, I mean, but that, that's the best one, just because, like, on a, it, Ryan put it perfectly, you just get that, that feeling of feeling like a little kid again, you know, going to the ballpark. It's, like, such a big deal. But now, I mean... You know, we're all grown up and whatnot, and tickets are like, you can find tickets for 10 bucks and then just go sneak down into whatever section you want. Um, but, like, there's just something that changes. You're, like, it's almost like you're an adult on the outside of the park, and then once you step into that park, you're, you're a little kid again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you get all the sounds and the excitement, and, you know, you hear that crack of the ball, uh, crack of the bat, geez, um, and, and all that stuff. Like, you know, it's just everything kind of it, it, it's its own world inside that ballpark and, and like that's the the thing i miss most because it's been what feels like forever now since i've been to a game it does feel like forever um my next one is a little more tailored towards nats park um but i have a couple good ones coming later and it was just sitting in the red porch watching bp like just getting there pretty early um I only went to like some of the, like the restaurants outside stadium a couple of times because I discovered the mambo chicken sandwich at Nats Park and oh my god! But sitting at Red Porch like with just the music playing, hot as hell, you're already sweating and just watching BP, just a couple cold ones, top five feeling. Absolutely loved it. I miss it and I miss that chicken sandwich so much. <laughs> I miss that chicken sandwich. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, one of mine, I guess, would be. 
every time I'm at the park, um, at some point, I like to get up on the level where they sell the memorabilia. You know, they have that stand where they always have like the, the cracked bats or the game used balls or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, I love to peruse that stuff. I always try to get myself at least a little something when I'm there. So that's something I super miss is being able to like add to my memorabilia collection because I haven't got anything new for it in ages now. Yeah, mine is like, I mean, obviously I go to Nats Park more than any other uh, baseball stadium, but specifically Nats Park, but also in general when I go to a new baseball stadium, it's just wandering around. Like, you know, with Nats Park in particular, it's not like there's really anything I haven't seen before, but there's just something fun about just wandering around, seeing what's around, you know, getting different views of the ballpark. Uh, or like of the field and from different areas of the ballpark. Like I just like walking around and just kind of exploring and taking it all in because there, there's so much more than you would like think, you know, usually some people are just like, okay, we have, you know, these seats can't leave our seats. can't go anywhere else. Like it's, you know, food back to our seats, food back to our seats, whatever. But no, I like walking around and taking it all in from any, um, perspective i can that's a good one i like that um my next one is the smell of onions like walking around the ballpark whether you're walking by like the sausage uh stand or like the cheesesteak stand just the fresh cooked onions is just so such a, a great smell. smell and like when i went to citizens bank like Literally every single stand there is just a cheesesteak stand, so it's all you smell throughout, and it's just such a great smell. And that, and like the smell of peanuts, is just baseball, and I, that I miss that baseball. entering my nostrils. I like it. I like that one a lot. Okay, so my next one is about the, um, you know, when an exciting moment happens when you're at the stadium, and I guess this is true of any sporting event, but, um, you know, I love where. It, everybody when something exciting is happening and everybody's hanging on every pitch and there's that something great happens and there's that roar of the crowd that you can like feel your body shake because everybody goes nuts at the same time I yeah when love that uh, you find the which baseball the crab or which crab is hiding the baseball <laughs> right the yes yeah exactly everybody just goes crazy it's the best i mean obviously there are moments where it's like Ooh, way the intense, opposite like, of that <clears throat> i absolutely love when like it's a big moment and everyone's up and cheering and the guy like pops out or something and you just hear 40,000 people go, Aww. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. It has funny. to be the worst but feeling something for a about the, It has to be something about that. 40,000 game was a little. That's, that's <laughs> optimistic. Um, if there's something about that camaraderie, that feeling like you're part of the crowd and everybody understands what's, you know, like why it's important or a, somebody comes to the plate and it's their first game back from the DL and everybody stands up and cheers and like nobody has to say anything. You know, I love those moments. I love that feeling of being in a giant group of people who love the same team that you do and are into this. You know what I mean? I don't even know how to explain it exactly, but there's something about that feeling that I just love so much and I really miss it. Yep. Uh, mine is uh, pretty simple, but it's like, I mean, maybe it's just when you're like first walking into the park or you just get up randomly or whatever. But when you, when you want something, whether it's food, a beer, you know, uh, memorabilia, whatever, and you find what you're looking for and there's like little to no line. So you like walk a little bit faster. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> you walk a little bit faster so that way you can get there before everyone gets there. Great feeling. Great feeling. That's what winning. 
winning feels like. <laughs> yeah. It's not a lot of that going around these days. <laughs> no, there's not. So my fourth one is going to this team store and just like looking for new stuff that I don't need, but I know I'm going to buy anyways because I'm just a straight up sucker and just yeah. walking through it and be like, ah, that's that $57 t-shirt that's like I could buy for $5 at um, Michael's and make myself. I need it. I Love need going it. For a good team store. Oh, yeah. It's a good one yeah, because I am you such a You frequently make your own stuff at Michael's. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> All the time. I'm a no, craft I'm such I'm such a mark when I walk into that place. Like, I am just, you know I'm coming out with something. I try not to even go in there if I can help it. Um, but usually I can't help it. <laughs> I spend way too much money at the ballpark. Okay. <laughs> My next one is food related as well. Um, it is the the tradition of going to like your favorite places in the ballpark. I am not somebody who goes and tries new stuff very much when I'm there. I want I mean, my yeah. I want my pupusas. I want my tater tots. I want my shave ice. That's the stuff I go for every single time. If it's cold weather, like spring or fall baseball, I always get hot chocolate. Like I get the same things every time. And there's something that's just so much fun about I walk in, I go to my favorite place, I get my food before I go sit down. It's it's just there's the, the tradition of it, the the familiarity of it is so comforting and fantastic. Yeah. Uh, my next one is, you know, so normally I just hate talking to people. Like if, if I see people in public and just turning the other way or just keeping my head down, pretending like I didn't hear them. Um, but, you know, meeting that random like friend in a ballpark, you know, you just you both bond over your hate over uh, Adam Eaton. And, you know, next thing you know, you're best friends uh, for the rest of that game. Uh, that's undefeated. But also sidebar when you know you have like friends or family that are at the game and then you arrange the time to like meet up, you know, in center field, like in the fifth inning, also elite, just for some reason that meetup is way better than any other meetup. Yeah, it is a good one. <laughs> um, so my last one, I was going to go a couple ways. I was going to talk about the 202 Cantina nachos and how sticky I'll get from that because I freaking love those nachos <laughs> and they're so <laughs> good. Oh, my God. Like, sitting there, you know, you got, like, a little salsa and cheese on your hands. Oh, God, those things are unreal. But, and I'm going to go there just because I absolutely hate it. It's the sound of annoying little kids screaming, because they want, like, a freaking ball during BP or an autograph. That sound, you can hear them from the other side of the park. So annoying, but yet it just feels right. Like, that's just yeah. a baseball game. I absolutely hate it. And I will push a little kid out of the way for a ball because I will teach him a life lesson from day one. And I mm -hmm. hate that sound. But it's just baseball, man. Yeah, you know what else? I remember being one time where somebody caught a ball and everybody's, like, yelling at this guy to give it to some random three-year-old or something that's sitting in front of him. Give it to the kid. Give it to the kid. I'm like, A, this kid's three and doesn't know anything or care anything about baseball. B, I caught it and it's mine. And C, I wouldn't even give this ball to my own damn kids and I'm not giving it to your oh. kid. Like. <laughs> that reminds me. Um, one time I was at a game with my friend, and I was sitting down the right field line, and me and this little kid were standing up for Bryce to throw a ball um, that, like, they warmed up between innings, and Bryce did not throw the ball to me. So I was standing on the left side, and for some reason he threw the ball to the little kid next to me, which is rather rude. So I had to, with my left hand, reach across the kid, one-handed in front of him, and held up to the crowd and sat back down in my seat with my ball 
I want and that little kid didn't get. And it was a top five moment in my life. Wow. That's kind of a dick move. <laughs> I respect it, Ryan. Thank you. I respect Thank it you. too. But... I earned it. No, but like I immediately like, I was like, oh my God. So I like turned and gave it to my friend real quick. So no one booed me, but I actually kind of wish I got booed. <laughs> yeah. I can see it. We actually got a, a ball one time. Bryce Harper threw a ball up to my daughter at her very first Nats game. And she was two at the time. It was, um, it was awesome. That same game. I wasn't even there because I was working that day. My husband took her down to the stadium and we got before practice or before the game when they were out um, on the field, just warming up. Um, Max Scherzer was there and he, she was wearing her little or her little caps baseball cap and we took it down there and we have a Max Scherzer signed capitals toddler sized hat because he signed it for and then later he went back over to the seats um, over in center field and Harper threw up a ball for her so he got a hat signed by Max Scherzer and a Bryce Harper ball on the same day see that's why you don't sympathize for the kids because they already got everything they had their turn it's my turn in the story yeah. well and you know it's actually kind of understandable because she's really really adorable so everybody just wants to give her stuff. Depends who you ask. <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. You're not, you're not biased at all about No, her, no, this is a completely objective opinion. <laughs> Speaking of, though, that brings me to my fifth one, which is kind of sappy, but taking my kids to baseball games, I miss so much. You know, they, I've taken them to so many games over the years, and it's been such a part of our summers. You know what I mean? It's just been such a weird summer not being able to go pretty much anywhere, but not being able to take them to any ball games. And um, Addie, who's four now, what, you know, I have the games on, and she's always like, you know, she always asks me, which color is us tonight? Because <laughs> she doesn't know, you know, if there, there's so many red and blue and white uniforms. She never knows who we are. But um, she always asks me, what color are we tonight? And then she says, are we going to go to this game? She always asks, and it makes me sad. So taking my kids to baseball games Amanda's is my number one thing. Amanda's just sitting there sobbing in the living room. <laughs> oh, it's so depressing. I feel so bad. No, we're so not going. <laughs> no, and stop asking. Yeah. yeah, so that sucks. That's my number one thing that I miss more than anything about all this situation is not being able to take my kids to a ball game. Yeah, my last one is whipping out your phone and taking that picture of the ballpark that you don't or that you haven't already taken like fifty thousand times, or <laughs> the, putting on your Instagram story. Yeah, yeah, or, yes, I, and posting it online. That was my next one, or just taking the picture of the ballpark just to prove that you were at the game that night, that nothing happened. Pixar, it didn't happen. Yeah, I always do that. Every time I get there, I take a picture and put it on Twitter. Easily. I get one from Ryan as he's walking in, and it's blurry. <laughs> nice well played with the caption we back <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every time. if you know you know oh that's fantastic okay we only got one twitter question i'm disappointed in you heaters but in their defense we didn't put Everyone's up the question giving up. <laughs> well we didn't actually ask for them until i don't even know what time it was but we didn't uh, give people it was a lot a of time reasonable time it's like 6.30. So it's a good question, though, um, from at Want Soto, which Tyler. is – is that who that is? I can't keep up yeah. with the – there you Same go. Thing, do, you, really. do you think – jerk. <laughs> do you think there's a realistic chance Carter Keyboom gets traded this winter? That's a good question. Yes. If you ask me at the beginning of the season, I would say no way, but 
the Nats have shown that their view of him has kind of changed. Um, and I feel like they're going to miss out on the big free agents and they're going to want to compete next year, that 91 team on paper, and they're going to try to find a way to upgrade. And I feel like they're going to realize the only way they can get a power bat is by trading Keyboom, and they'll trade him for a third baseman. Nice. That's a very specific prediction. Ryan, I'm sure you would, man. but Amanda, I'll ask you. Would you trade Keyboom and Robles for Arenado, assuming Arenado opted in? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Of course I would. Meanwhile, it, the Rockies would have taken Arenado for Robles straight up, I believe it, this past offseason. But now it's going to yeah. take more. Well, you know, I would do that in a second. I would so I would have them packed up and out of here so fast there would be trails behind them like in a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Yep. I would do it. All right. We're on to our worst tweet of the week, which our – uh, the at Nationals account gets for their their tweet right after the 19 and 31 record, which is so. You're telling me there's a chance with the Dumb and Dumber gift. Just the most Nats thing to ever happen. I hate their Twitter account. Their Twitter <laughs> account is the worst Twitter account in baseball, and that's and like sorry, that's not even me. Just like being me. Um, I saw an article that ranked each team's social media presence by like their like footprint and like their interactions the Nats are dead last like their social media account sucks their team sucks um if you're listening to this do better like your captions are so cheesy and so bad and it just hurts my feelings seeing them like Fair i'm so listening to this oh my god like <laughs> they they post a picture um they posted kurt suzuki's home run and they're like surf's up bruh and i was like what what no please stop think before you tweet it's a real thing this is your job do better because like you're People not going to have it. For it. Like, talk about a dream job. You get paid for writing those crap-ass captions. Yeah. I follow the Marlins Twitter account just because I was just about to say, it's, it's, it's even worse when you compare it to a team like the Marlins or like the Rays or the Rockies. It's like, also even worse when you find out that the person who runs the Marlins account is a Nats fan from D.C. So like, Right, who should be running our account? <laughs> we could have greatness, but no. Nope. All right. What's your one big takeaway? Nick, you start. Oh, God. Caught me, caught me by surprise. Uh, no, my one big takeaway. We do this every week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm the one who added it to the show, Doc. Um, my one big takeaway is something I alluded to earlier. It's just like, and, you know, the, the athletic article with the one chick's last name that I can't pronounce. Uh, Giroli. Yeah, uh, Ghirardelli. I was going to say, I say Ghirardelli like the chocolate. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> they make the best brownies. Have you had their brownies? Oh, so good. Um, yes. But it's just like that that time in every sports uh, team's, like, you know, I don't know what the word, but you know, that, that window, whether it's a championship window or just a window of like uh, certain players, for instance, like when growing up, I remember going to Orioles games and like that, that window of players, it was like Nick Markakis, Adam Jones, um, you know, Brian Roberts, like all of those people, even though they were never a championship team. And now I look at the Nats and obviously they are a championship team, but now that this window is like closing. So you know, we talked about what we're looking forward to in the final week, and I'm not necessarily looking forward to it because there are some good memories, obviously, with this core, but I expect and I honestly want this team to look a lot different next year. 
I just think, you know, you've gotten, you've literally squeezed all you can out of some of these guys. Like it's time to just move on. You know, even if you just suck next year, like sell off some pieces, retool, go at it in 2022 or extend Trey. And then, you know, you have a foundation with him and Soto to go off of, but uh, no, my one big takeaway is just like, you know, we're sell. We just won the World Series, and we're celebrating the fact that we're nineteen and thirty-one this year. It just, it something needs to change. Like we need to have that 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 mindset that we are a contender or something. You know that this isn't acceptable. The year after you win a World Series, you have to like. Or if you're gonna do it, then you could do high. it Marlin style, like where they just have a fire sale. Right. And, something. Like, re- rebuild. You know. Yeah. This this fan base won't accept a rebuild is the problem, and that is kind of what needs to happen at this point. And again, it keeps coming back to the same thing, which is they've got so much money tied up in their starting rotation that it doesn't leave enough to put, you know, the proper pieces in the rest of the team. So I do think we're going to see some major major changes this off season, yeah. whether you want it or not. It sounds like you do, and I know some people don't, but it's coming whether <laughs> whether somebody yeah. wants it or not. Wow, that is a perfect tie into my big takeaway for the week. Let's hear it. Uh, My big takeaway for the week is embrace change. Uh, Baseball fans, especially Nats fans, hate change. Um, They want everything to stay exactly the way, the way they fell in love with the game and everything. But changes are coming. Um, It's coming to baseball and it's coming to the Nats and embrace it. Like, I know you guys are all going to complain on Twitter. I know (laughs) certain person's going to complain on here because they love complaining about change. (laughs) Not naming names, Amanda. But... (laughs) Change is coming. Like, they're going to expand the playoffs. Like, that's just going to happen. And people are complaining about that, but you knew Major League Baseball was going to find a way to offset the losses from this year. How you do it? You have more playoff teams with your massive TV contracts. We know that's going to happen. Embrace it. Um, they're probably going to shorten the season in the next um, CBA. They're probably going to have the DH stay around forever. Baseball is going to be different. Embrace it. Sometimes, you know, change is for the better. People complain all the time, but it's for the better, and change has come to the Nats. They've been competitive for 10 years. That's not realistic. You cannot be competitive 10 years in a row with the way baseball has played out and expect to keep winning. Like, the Yankees rebuilt a couple years ago for their standards. The Red Sox have rebuilt twice in the last 10 years. Um, And, like, it's just not realistic. Yeah, it's great to keep being good every single year, but logistically speaking, it's impossible. And this is going to come to an end. Chances are next year is the last year where they have that shot to be a contender. So just enjoy it because there's a storm coming. To quote Harry Potter, ending on a Harry Potter quote, I, good night. What? What? I got lost there at the end. Yeah, no idea. (laughs) <laughs> All right, what's yours? Okay, so my big takeaway is how I don't feel as upset about this as I thought I would. I I sort of felt like, I, I guess it's the, you know, winning the World Series as we've talked about or the Stanley Cup or whatever kind of takes the sting out of what happens later. Like, I think the fan base gets that hangover too where they just cut their teams a little bit of slack. But I almost feel like I'm ready for them to make whatever changes they need to make to get back to be it, it is nice that they've been competitive for 10 years and it, most fan bases don't get to have that 
you know, we should be grateful as, as much as they went out early in the playoffs all those times. Like, they got in the playoffs all those times, and, and I'm grateful for that and have enjoyed it. But I actually don't have high hopes for next year, and I'm not as upset about it as I thought I would be. I don't think they're going to be able to put enough pieces in place to be as competitive next year as they have been in the last stretch. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I reserve the right to change that opinion if Rizzo goes crazy and goes out and, you know, makes a ton of trades and gets a bunch of free agents and all that. But just if they do what they did this past off season or this past trade deadline and just kind of, you know, wishy-washy, do a little, you know, a little bit of fiddling around the edges and, you know, bring in some guys who are decent, but nothing to write home about. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like that's what they're going to do. And it sucks, but it, I think it's kind of necessary because after Max's deal runs out and all they get some money freed up and I don't know, I just feel like it dovetails with what Ryan was just saying, which is that change is coming, but I'm not as upset about that change as I thought I would be because I'm, I'm ready to see, to see what comes next, if that makes sense. Yep. Me too. It, it's time. Yeah, it is time. It's hard, though. It's hard to let go of that championship team and those guys that you've come to love over the years. And I, for me, that's the hardest part of being a sports shut fan up. is seeing <laughs> – shut up – is seeing those guys that you, you really come to just love and you root for them every day and you're such big fans and then they go somewhere else. And that's a tough pill to swallow as a fan. But you just kind of have to uh, – you know, you're always looking at the, the name on the front of the uniform, not the name on the back of the uniform, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Can so you anyway. play this podcast out to the times they are changing by Bob Dylan? Like, just really <laughs> set the tone. Sure. That's a good idea. That's a I'll good idea. It. Yep. I'll do it. All right. We got anything else before we go? Nope. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. I'm tired, too, but I didn't eat anything, so I'm going to go make myself some macaroni and cheese. Ooh, mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. I have the, the Cracker Barrel Sharp Cheddar. It's the bomb. Chicken wing, chicken wing, macaroni. <laughs> no, I was, no, I was. I'm in the new <gasps> I love that song. Dealing with my homies. <laughs> my daughter has a stuffed narwhal. It's, it's fantastic. Cool. It is. It's pretty cool. It's not easy to find, I can tell you. She loved that song, so we got her a stuffed narwhal. <laughs> anyway, on that fascinating piece of information, I guess Bye we're done buddy. for the evening. Hope you find your dad. <laughs> <laughs> narwhals are right. real. Narwhals are fantastic. They're the unicorns of the sea. Exactly, they're not real. (laughs) (laughs) But they're real. Anyway, thank you all for listening to this very depressing episode of Half Street Heidi. You guys have a good night. Follow us all on Twitter. I don't feel like saying all the handles again. You guys know them by now, I'm sure. Later. Later. Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone. Or the times they are changing. Writers and critics who prophesize with your pen And keep your eyes wide, the chance won't come again And don't speak too soon, for the wheel's still in spin And there's no telling who that it's naming Was the loser now will be later to win For the times they are a-changing I'm
senators, congressmen, please heed the call. Don't stand in the doorway, don't lock up the hall. For he that gets hurt will be he who has stalled. The battle outside raging will soon shake your windows and rattle your walls. For the times they are changing. Mothers and fathers throughout the land And don't criticize what you can't understand Your sons and your daughters are beyond your command Your old road is rapidly aging Please get out of the new one if you can't lend your hand For the times they are changing Drawn, the curse it is cast The slow one now will later be fast As the present now will later be past The order is rapidly fading And the first one now will later be last For the times they are changing You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.